we go on a Tuesday. Action Sports Checks Overtime, ESPN 690. Brian Middleton on the ones and the twos. Casey Kurtz rocking with you as well for the next hour. We will take you up to 7 o'clock because the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp have already played baseball for the day. It was a victory up in Charlotte for the Shrimp. Uh, they actually just killed them. Uh, it was a onslaught of runs from the Shrimp. It was homer after homer after double after uh, a balk, which was weird, but and then homer again. So a uh, big win for the Shrimp up in Charlotte. They continue to roll along shrimp baseball back tomorrow night, uh, 6.35 first pitch. So it'll be the lightning edition of OT tomorrow for 20 minutes and then a whole hour on Thursday, leading you right into the NFL draft coverage. And obviously, as you know, 50-something hours away, as Brett Martineau said, the Jags will have the number one. And this will all finally be over, hopefully. But until that time, we still got plenty of time to argue about it. What's the situation? You know how Brian Middleton stands if you listen to the program. If you don't, he keeps saying Iki Ikwanu, even when it doesn't make sense in a sense. He walks in here today, asks me how the show went. I said, good. He just randomly blurted out Iki Ikwanu. I said, what? Or Evan Neal. No, you, you definitely said Iki Ikwanu. No, though. I'm saying I vary it. That's, it yeah. But I feel like you've been on Iki more recently. Yeah. 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 So uh, that's where he stands. You know where I stand. Pass, rush. I'd love for it to be Thibodeau, but it's not going to be. So we'll have to see how it plays out there. But me and Brent got on this a little earlier. Brian, I'll ask you. I know it would be crazy. I know it. But would it be the wrong move? Would it be dumb? Would it be incorrect if the Jags walked up, if Roger Goodell walked up there with the little envelope from the Jags and they picked Jamison Williams, wide receiver, Alabama. <gasps> so you don't think it'll be the right move is what you're telling me. I think, repeat the question. I just want to make sure before I go in. Now, would it be the wrong move to pick Jamison Williams number one? It would be the wrong move to pick him number one overall. I feel like this is a pretty clear and concise uh, answer. I feel like this is almost like a close-ended question. It would be the wrong pick uh, to pick him number one overall. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something else there that I'm going to try to dig into with you. Yeah. Uh, if he wasn't hurt, would you have the same energy? Because I heard Mike Tannenbaum of ESPN say today that he would pick him number one overall if he was healthy and was the GM of the Jags. He's neither of those things. But uh, if the health was not an issue, would you have this same energy? Yes. Yep. See, I don't yep. love that. Yep, then. I would. I don't. I don't love that. You know, here's here is the deal, Casey. I am all for improving the offense of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, because you wanted to pick offensive line. And I'm all for improving the wide receiving core, whatever that that seems to people. Uh, but you are talking about because I'm not going to deal with hypotheticals at this point. If he was not injured, he's injured. Yes. And I would argue, at this point, if we're going to improve the offense, we need to improve it up front more so than on the edges. See, if I can give a quarterback time, right? If I can give a quarterback time, Mm -hmm. I can make most NFL wide receivers 
can get open eventually, right? If I can give a quarterback 3.5 seconds instead of 1.8 seconds to scan and get uh, through his progressions, then I don't need all number one, uh, you know, uh, prospects. I don't need a super – it's nice to have pro bowlers, but I don't need you to be an all pro. I just need you to be able to get open. I can dink and duck. If you can get, if you can shake him after he's been trying to guard you, the DB's been trying to guard you for that time period, especially the, the longer you go in a play. And how do I get the quarterback more time? Where there's a couple of ways, right? Uh, you know, you have a good game plan. Uh, you mix it up with the run, with the run game. Uh, you probably get some play action in there once you have the run game going. But ultimately, the thing that gives the QB the most amount of time is making sure that the defense does not touch him does not pressure him. Yeah. And how do you do that? With the line, the O-line. Listen, you're not going to move me off this. Now, again, if someone actually wanted the number one draft pick, the number one overall draft pick from the Jags, and let's say the Jags moved down to 5th, 6th, 8th, 10th, talk to me then because you could convince me. Mm-hmm. Injury or not, I'd be like, Sure, well, let's, yeah. Let's, let's really think about this right here. I think we can... One, the offensive lineman won't be there, depending on how far down you trade down. And two, you can sell me on that. Yeah. But number one overall, the way that you have to hit on that or else you have individuals like Casey Kurtz and his rising star spewing all kind of vitriol about you being the GM and the head coach making that pick on Action Sports Jacks and Action Sports Jacks OT five days a week starting at 3 (laughs) p.m. So that's why I say it's a wrong pick. Not because I don't like the player. Not because I don't think that once he's healthy, somebody is going to have a heck of a, a player. Yeah. But because when you have the number one pick, and you said this. I feel like you said this. You've got to hit on it. It has to be something that you're in love with. Yeah. And, and you, can't, you can't even tell me that you're in love with that, especially with him being injured. No, I'm not. I'm not in love with it. Absolutely not. I'm not in love with any of this, to be honest with you. I, I, I can. I really, really like Thibodeau, like to the point where, like, I don't know if I'm in love with Thibodeau, but like I'd at least go on like a first date, maybe a second date and potentially fall in love. You know what I mean? They didn't even go for the first date because they didn't bring him in for a workout. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's still weird to me. It's still very weird to me, yeah. And I'm definitely not in love with Icky Aquanu or Evan Neal. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm not in love with Aiden Hutchinson. And I'm not, I'm not in love with any of these people. You know what I mean? So I just hope they end up making a move that, because I said this earlier, no matter what they do, everyone's not going to be on the same page. Like, there might be some people in Daly's place on Thursday night at the draft party, and they could be any name said. A lot of different names could be said. And I think some people would boo, and I think some people would clap. I don't think there's going to be an overall, we did this on any of the picks. It is not going to be a Trevor Lawrence reaction, obviously. It is not going to be a Josh Allen reaction, which was pretty good. I was there that night. I think it's going to be mixed, no matter who they end up picking. Let me ask you this, because I asked this to Brent. I asked this to the good people of the stream earlier today. Got a lot of responses. Appreciate yeah, the people. On the stream, we got the uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, if you're in your car, though, we appreciate you just as much. We couldn't really get your answers, but I'm sure you had them. Uh, you might have been calling me dumb, and you might call Brian Mills and dumb right here, but I'll give him a chance to answer. When it comes down to the two positions you're going to choose that we've heard, 
pass rusher, left guard. So then the question becomes, Brian Middleton, who do you want to replace? Ben Barch or Kayla Von Chason? Who's been more disappointing to this point? Who has not... No, it's not. Yeah, I answered the way that you wanted, but just don't complain when I start giving you questions and I lead you into a, I lead you into a corner that you can't get out of. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So listen, let's let's go pass rusher. We think that that's probably have more of an impact when you phrase the question like that. Yes. But the investment that you have at QB, like shuts down that entire framing of the question. Yeah, but so so look, you're not moving me off of that because my philosophy is. You go where the investment, the biggest investment is at. That's what you protect. That's what you put up on the pedestal to get the most out of. And yeah. everything else, it'll roll off of him, and he'll carry the rest of the team. If you got an offensive line that's beyond solid, dare I say you have a couple of pro bowlers on there, or you got guys who are pro bowl talent from one to five, now all of a sudden you have great quarterback play. You can have... Great running, uh, you know, a, a great running game, regardless if it's by committee or you have a, a three-down back. It's like there's so much that goes based off of the foundation, which is the offensive line. Mm-hmm. So you know, pick your Aiden Hutchinson or, or pick your Trevon Walker or pick. Uh, and I hope they're good. I hope they're good. You know, I need them to be good. The Jags, if the Jags are good, we we like it here, right? The media loves it here. The, it, it makes for a better conversation. Yeah. You don't have to come, you know, roasting the team that you got to sit in front of and eat uh, macaroni and cheese. Uh, oh. That's catered by uh, Shah Khan. So, listen, pick your defensive end or pick your injured wide receiver, but you're not moving me off of the fact that the offensive line right now, the talents that you can get in the offensive line in this draft right here, somebody, a couple of teams are going to get some 15-year linemen barring catastrophic injury that people are going to look back and be like, man, they skipped over him? I, I can guarantee that right now. Yeah, and listen, I respect you for staying on this consistently with the offensive line. I do appreciate that. But what we're not going to do is, like, I'm not going to sit here. We're not going to sit here and, like, Ben Barch is not the worst guard in the NFL. He's not. He's I didn't not. say he was. No, no, I'm not saying you did. But, like, in the argument, Ben Barch is not bad. 707 offensive snaps last year he held once. Two total penalties in his career. Okay, he's not the worst guard in the league. I'm not saying Chase on is the worst pass rusher in the league either. But what I am saying is there's a difference between where you need more help. And listen, I agree that you got to protect Trevor Lawrence, but not you cannot pick a guard at the number one pick. Because keep this into consideration is the part that I haven't got rid of either. If you don't get a deal done with Cam Robinson and he does leave, you're going to draft a guy at one overall, and you're going to say, all right, man, here's the deal. Rookie year, we're going to play you at guard. You got help on the inside. You got help on the outside. We just need you to be solid, pull when you need to pull, and play guard. And then 365 days later, we're going to say, all right, man, forget everything you just learned for 365 days. Go play outside on an island by yourself. First of all. You're just setting it up for failure. It won't be the first time that he's done it. Not It's the first time in the NFL. It's the first time he's going to be playing in guard in the NFL. Uh, Casey, listen. But you man. have help at guard. Agree or disagree? When you say help, you mean like because... You're not completely on an island. Yeah, you're not completely on... Like at tackle, you're on an island. The guy's going outside and there's nobody on your outside maybe, but maybe you. Maybe not. Maybe we got a tight on that side. Maybe they put a split over there, you know, right oh. now. Maybe he comes and cracks back. Maybe we got a, you know, a halfback that comes out there, helps out. 
the little chip before they go into the if play. If we're already planning. I don't, I don't know if he's on an island by himself, Casey. Tell me to play. If we're already planning to have a running back help on that side, well, that's a problem. We don't know. I, I don't know what I can't sign calls. up for anything if we're saying, hey, by the way, we also need the running back on the other side because this guy can't do I it by himself. We need it, but we don't know. But that's the first thing you thought of. You're like, wait a minute. No, I'm saying I'm, you, you're saying he's on an island. He is. You automatically said, okay, you're on an island. I'm like, I don't know. What's the play that's being called? All What's the philosophy of the I get it. coordinator? All I'm saying is you're going to learn two different positions in two years. It's not a great start. It's not a great start. But nonetheless, the arguments will end. Thursday night. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Actually, no, they won't. It'll just be no, a they won't. Set. It'll just be a whole different. Why did they do this? But until then, we'll keep the same argument. Next, we talk about the NBA and why Kyrie Irving has no business being a Brooklyn Net next year. We'll get to that on the other side. Action Sports Jacks Overtime, ESPN 690. We'll be right back. We roll along on a Tuesday. Action Sports Checks Overtime ESPN 690. Only one side of my headphones works, so I had to get the right side on so I could hear. It's always important to hear. Okay. Yeah, it's... it's, You might want to, you know, jiggle the... No, so real talk. When I got these headphones... Uh Uh-huh. Uh, it was, like, right when I started because I realized I need them, and I bought, like, the cheapest pair. There you go. Because I was like, they're not going to, like, need me. You know, they they doing the show. I'm telling you, man. They needed me. We need to get you some new pairs... We need to go ahead and sell that ticket segment that we do at the end of the uh, end of the show. With the headphones people, ticket master, headphones people, something, man. Yeah. Anyway, I like it. I like what you're doing, but I need the headphones for this segment because I got two people that are going to educate me on basketball. When I mean two, I mostly mean one because Brian Middleton is not educating me on anything. However, our next guest might be able to educate me a little bit. Marcus Wilson. Uh, friend of Brian Middleton, former podcast partner with Brian Middleton. My real question for you, Marcus, before we even talk anything about the NBA, how did you deal with doing a podcast with this man? I do a show with this man. He's arguing with me about stuff that makes no sense. I don't know how you did it getting through with him on a podcast, but any, any tips question. on how to man, manage him? <laughs> well, let me say this, Casey. The real, the real question is how did he deal with me because I'm the reckless one in our podcast called Real and Reckless. There you go. I was the reckless one, so... <laughs> Okay. All right. I, I respect I respect that answer. Not what I was expecting, but all right. I, I appreciate it, Marcus. How are you? Um heard Golden State fan. We'll talk about them in a minute, but That's unfortunate. But what what is unfortunate? It's unfortunate that, you know, you jump on the front runners and I hadn't heard anything all season when they were down, you know? I'm just but we're getting off track. We're getting off track. We get to that later, man. Go ahead, Casey. What you got for Marcus? You got anything? <laughs> a, a lot. Uh, yeah, I got some stuff. And we'll start with the Nets. Because I was just telling Brian in the break, Marcus, and I'll, I'll get your opinion on this. Who's to blame in Brooklyn? I think it's Kyrie. I think the first team that calls Brooklyn about Kyrie, they should trade him for literally anything. Some YMCA uh, Lakers players would be acceptable to me. You got to get Kyrie out of Brooklyn, let KD and guys like Seth Curry start to build something there. In my opinion, Kyrie's to blame. Do you d- agree, disagree? Where do you fall on what happened with Brooklyn? Well, I, I do feel that Kyrie did, did hold some sort of, of blame there, but let me give you another name, Casey. Uh, Sean Marks. That's okay. the GM for the, for, the, for the Nets. And so he, he, he got hardened. When he got hardened, he traded away a bunch of valuable players, um, role players that can really help KD and honestly really can help Kyrie to get hardened. And then he traded Harden for a player that doesn't even play, okay. and Ben Simmons. And so 
you look at that and say, okay, well, Ben Simmons could have been a help if he was on the court. He's a big defensive guy. He's a 6'10 point guard. You don't see that in the NBA. But, man, if Sean Marks would have just kind of just cooled off and say, hey, let me just build this a little bit differently and not just cater to um, what KD or what Kyrie wanted, then it would have been a better roster, man. I mean, you, you do got Seth Curry there, but, I mean, you don't have any defense, and that's the problem when they play uh, the Celtics. Yeah, I, I, I like Seth Curry. I texted Brian last night, and I was like, that's their best player. Like, they got to play through him. He was making shots, and I was, you know, partially kidding. But I, at the same time, I was half serious. All right, Brian Milton, what are you going to try to convince me of in Brooklyn? Whose fault is it? Uh, listen, it's always going to be Kevin Durant because all I've been hearing from people, even like Casey, I think Marcus did something crazy like that, national media, save for a few <laughs> intelligent individuals, is that Kevin Durant is the best player in the world, and it's been that way for a couple of seasons. Not LeBron and not Giannis. And I'm over here like, okay, well, let's see it. Let's see it. Huh? Kevin, you were kind of the leader at Oklahoma in Oklahoma City, kind of, only because, I mean, you know, Russell's such an overbearing personality. I almost don't hold it against you, but you weren't the leader leader. You were the best player, but you weren't the leader. Couldn't win the championship. Went to Golden State. The perfect situation was the best player maybe skill-wise, but wasn't the most important player and didn't have the amount of MVPs as the most important player. So I'm going to give that to Steph. But he was the guy who hit daggers during that championship run. And then he either let his ego or he let social media uh, get into his head because he just felt like he had to leave the perfect situation, and he went to Brooklyn. He let Kyrie Irving, he let Kyrie Irving convince him that, you know what, we're going to team up, and what we're going to do, we're going to win championships. I got a championship. That's what Kyrie's saying. I got a championship. The earth is flat. And, and Kevin Durant's just like, you know what, I got two. I'm the best player here. I'm not being appreciated. I'm going to go and do this for myself. And now look at you. Look at the both of you. Kyrie, respect him for some of the off-court the you know off the, um, court things that caused him not to you know play. We won't get into that. But some of the things... Just wacky, Casey, during vague headlines, we'll talk about that. And then you got, you know, uh, Ben Simmons, like you said. I mean, listen, something's wrong. Something's wrong mentally and probably physically, but definitely mentally. I get why James Harden wanted to leave. And then on top of all that, you get a great value, Steve Kerr and Steve Nash. But you know what? I don't even blame Steve Nash. Anyway, I'm rambling, but I got to give it to the so-called best player, at KD Trey Five on Twitter, everybody tweet him this clip if you can pull it somehow. Uh, I don't know how you do that. Anyway, hey. that's what I gotta say about that. Hundred and twenty percent, Kevin Durant. Okay, you know, fair enough. I guess I will tell you that I learned something new this series because when the series started, I said Kevin Durant was the best player on the floor for either team. That was not correct at all, at all. Jason Tatum was the best player on the floor for either team for my money. By the way, Nets fan in the chat says would have had defense had Simmons played. That's a whole different story, Nets fan, in the chat. We'll have to leave that alone. For now, it is true. Wow. It's definitely true, but, yeah. you know. It could have changed everything if Ben Simmons played, right? Well, if he played all four games, not if he played last night. If Ben Simmons would have taken shots, he probably would still be in Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? Like, we could do the <laughs> if game. I, I, I'll tell you, the Nets didn't want him to take no shots last night. I appreciate, like, that. that's a right response. Yeah, you would have more defense, but you didn't. He wasn't, exactly. and he didn't. So, moving on. Moving on. Um, this wasn't on the list of topics, but this is one I had for Brian Marcus. So, uh, I know probably where you're going to go, but I'll get your opinion on it. If I told you 
Golden State and Celtics in the finals. Would you take that, those two teams, those two teams specifically, or would you take the field? Because I, I got my money on those two teams. Uh, you know what? Jason Tatum is on a whole other level this um, this this postseason, man. Like, he had 31-19, like 39-39 and 39 or something like that. Like, he, he's been balling. And, like, that's just the point part, the points part. The defense is where he's bringing, like, that intangible that the Celtics need. He's driving – the Celtics team with his defense, and then you got Marcus Smart, and defense player of the year, and everything like that. So, I mean, to be honest, for my team to see them in the finals would be kind of scary. Right now, um, ah, the Bucks, man, if they get Chris Middleton back, they'll be another. They, they, they can have a chance to repeat. But I mean, you, you might be right though, because the way the Celtics are playing right now, they're on a different level. And, and then let's not forget about Miami. Miami's always that sleeper team that nobody talks about. And they're like the top seed. They have crazy defense, and they play crazy team ball. So, you know what? I'm going to gamble. I'm going to take the field. I like it. I respect the gambling nature, but why'd you have to talk about the Heat? Because now we're going to have to deal with this. Go ahead, Brian. No, no, no. Here, here's the deal. That is a great matchup. I would watch the pregame of that entire six or seven game series between Golden State and Boston. I love that. I think Golden State would actually win. The pregame? I'd watch the pregame, you know? And you know you know the nefarious ways I have to go about uh, getting fair. my basketball because I don't have NBA.com or NBA TV, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't have a cable. I got a lot of apps, and I got some black market apps that I won't share unless they ever want to sponsor us. So, <laughs> hey, well, I, I got to go back to the heat. <laughs> it's got to be the most disrespected one seed in a long time. Right? I know Toronto was a one seed a while back, maybe about five or six years ago or four years ago. They lost to LeBron. It was like five or six years ago. They were one seed. They get it. But I got the disrespect then. It was, you know, it was Canada. No disrespect to Canada. Hair is beautiful up there. I'm just saying, like, I get it. You know, people out of sight, out of mind. But Miami has the, the cachet. They have the ability to be a one seed. They have the defense. They got shooters. They got Jimmy Four five Butler. He's well, out tonight. Hey, but yeah. You, so Jimmy four five Butler and the rest of uh, the rest of those guys out there have come together to be a one seed, and I think that they're uh, really underrated. Do I think they can beat Boston in a series? Yes, I do. Come on. Now the Bucks. I think Giannis is the best player, and I think that mm-hmm. I always give respect to the Bucks or the champion, I should say. Um, if they're pretty much healthy, even though we just talked about Middleton, and they're playing at a clip that's at least as good as they were during their championship run, which I would argue they are, someone you have to prove to me that you can beat them. Can Boston probably beat them? I don't say probably, but they can beat them. I think that's going to be a good series because that looks to be like the next uh, the next uh, matchup in the next round. So I'm going to take the field in the East, but I'll give you Golden State in the West. All right, whatever. You know, it's cool. By the way, sticking with the Heat, uh, like I said, no Jimmy Butler tonight, 45, a couple games ago, 36 last game. Uh, without those points, they don't win. Uh, I don't I don't think they can win without Jimmy Butler playing, especially if Tyler Hero is a guy that goes one for eight from the field, uh, only three points. I, I, I worry about the Heat without Jimmy Butler, Brian Middleton. Is that... Is that a fair assessment of what's going on? Can they win without Jimmy Butler, especially when Trey Young is struggling a little bit? Yeah. Here, so he is their best player. He's their absolute best player, right? So I think that they can win 
a game if they have to. Can they win a championship without their best player? Well, the answer to that is no. Uh, and it, you know, I, I think you could say that for any team, the answer to that is going to be no. But if you, uh, if you, if you're talking about one game, if you're talking about to close out a game, it'll be tough. But I think that they could win a game if they have to. Marcus, you think that he can do something without Jimmy Butler, or without Jimmy Butler, are they in trouble? Well, you know what, you know, Atlanta, Atlanta is not that great of a defensive team. It comes down to defense, and and honestly. They, they, the Heat shouldn't have a problem with Atlanta tonight. I mean, it's in it's in Miami. They probably gonna go ahead and just close it out and go to a club or go to South Beach or something like that. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I just hope Udonis Haslam gets to play. You know what I'm saying? Might might find some minutes for him because uh, he's apparently on the roster at some point. All right, Marcus. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let you go after this real quick though. Uh, which team is in a more must-win situation, Memphis or Phoenix? Woo. That is a good question. Honestly, honestly, think that Memphis is in a, in a must-win situation. Ja has been looking horrible. Um, turnovers after turnovers after turnovers. And then the biggest issue with the NBA is that they gave him the most um, improved player award after he was the yeah. second round, the number two pick and a rookie of the year. That made no sense, but that's neither here nor there. That's another conversation. But, man, he's been playing horribly. He has to be carried by his team constantly. So I think that Memphis is in a must-win game because those young cats from Minnesota and them boys, they coming. Uh, I agree with you. Brian Mills, and I hear the music quickly, though. Answer the question. I think it has to be Phoenix. I think it has to be Phoenix. Only because uh, you are missing uh, your your best player, and Memphis isn't, you know. It's not a health issue with Memphis. So, like, if you go down and you give the Pelicans any kind of momentum, any kind of more confidence, you know, you're going to go down in history. You're going to fold like the Brooklyn Nets, it looks like. So you don't want that. So I think that uh, Phoenix will win, but I do think they have more pressure. I agree, and I think New Orleans wins tonight. So I, I think the pressure is really on Phoenix. We'll see how that plays out. Marcus Wilson, appreciate you sliding on. Tell the people where to get at you for more NBA takes. Hey, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Prince of Kings underscore Prince underscore of underscore Kings. That's on Twitter. Hey, man, thank you for the time, Casey. Y'all have a good one. And Brian, I'll holler at you later, sir. Sounds good. Appreciate you, man. Have a good night. Enjoy the basketball. And we'll see how that plays out with his taste. We'll get him back on as the playoffs go along, I am sure. We got vague headlines to do, right, Brian Middleton? We do. And then we got ticket prices because right now I'm looking at them, right? And the people in Memphis, I don't think they believe in their team. Hey, listen. Because right now, you can get dinner. <laughs> you can most. get tickets. You can get tickets cheaper than dinner in Memphis. You could, you could go to Freddy's, huh? You get yourself another one, number one combo and a ticket to the Memphis game. There you go. You know what I'm saying? So we got to talk about that as we go along. But it's vague headlines on the other side. Action Sports Shacks Overtime, ESPN 6 9. We'll be right back. Action Sports Checks Overtime, ESPN 690 on a Tuesday. We had NBA playoff games on the horizon. We just talked about it a little bit. We have vague headlines coming up in just a second. We got ticket prices to check. NFL Draft Thursday. Creeping closer and closer. And when I say creeping, I mean about the speed of a snail. It's tough when you've had the number one overall pick since, like, October. So you've really... 
it's like the most anticlimactic thing to ever happen. Like since October, we've known and we've still known, and here we are still knowing. And at least it's almost over. And then we'll have a couple months to argue about if they made the right or wrong pick. And if they pick offensive linemen, they made the wrong pick. Brian Middleton will try to convince you of things differently. He's on the ones and twos. You can follow him at the broadcast on for more uh, spicy offensive line takes. That's what you get from Brian Middleton, just offensive line takes. Bang, bang, bang. And then you can follow AK Kurtz on Twitter if you want for just the other takes that don't involve offensive line. Bang, bang, bang. So And injured quarterbacks. You can add that on there. No offensive line takes and injured quarterbacks. No. No, I can't. off the tongue for your takes. Can't do it. Just, just, let's do it. I'm never ready for the can't do it. <laughs> you got to give me a heads up in the break, man. Ugh, okay. You ready for vague headlines, Casey? Yeah, I will tell you at the break, I didn't know I was going to say can't do it yeah, well, until it just came up. You got to be better. That's all. Anyway, uh, that's pretty much it. You got to be better with your offensive line takes as well as the can't do it sound. So, yes, I am ready for the vague headlines. Okay. The longest running, um, Segment? Segment on Action Sports Jacks Overtime, and it continues. Yeah. On a Tuesday, vague headlines. If you don't know by now, you should know. But Brian Middleton, if they don't know, please tell them what's about to happen. That's so crazy. I've got to run the Tuesday open. This has been an off day. I know. I have to end it for our music. I oh, know. I'll do it for the next one. Okay, anyway, yeah. uh, first vague headline, I'm going to give it to you because I, I need to get your actual opinion on this. It's your talking mad spicy actual headline. Stephen A. Smith took a wild jab at Kyrie Irving. Tell me, have you heard this yet? No, not entirely. Okay, well. You I know, heard a, a clip it of it, but not the whole thing. Well, it's just a clip that I want to get your opinion on. But Kyrie, you know, you know, he's a great player. Well, uh, you know, skill-wise, mm. he can dribble. Mm. He can he give you dribble. the lay. He can give you the lay. Huh? He can give you the floater. Mm. He can hit dagger threes. Ask Steph Curry. Has Golden State. But Kyrie Irving has developed a reputation as an unreliable player for missing time for yeah. things other than injury. And your coworker, Stephen A. Smith, has even claimed that he would never offer the point guard a long-term contract, adding that Irving cannot be trusted. Now Stephen A. has said, quote, when Russia bombed Ukraine, I thought Kyrie what? Irving wasn't going to show up for work. Bit much, I yeah, think. But let me, get your, let me get your opinion. First of all, what do you think about that actual comment? Entertaining? The part about Russia and Ukraine? Yeah, he's, do you need me to read it again? No, I don't. Uh, I think it's just not needed. Um, it's a little commentary that we probably could have done without. Like, I understand you're trying to take things to the extreme to compare this man to uh, unreliable, and it is what it is. I know he's only played like 103 games in the last three years, but, you know, Stephen A., maybe just keep it to what it is. Uh on the basketball court and then the things that he's opened you up to about, like, flat earth and whatnot. But you probably should leave, like, war and things like that out of it. Uh, in my opinion, that's probably a bit too much. I also don't – yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave it at that. Probably too much from Stephen A. Smith right there. All right. And, Casey, the, the other question with that, you know, you've been known to be in your disrespectful bag, especially when it comes to, you know – at your place of employment. It's a wonder sometimes that you still are employed. I mean, I know how good you are, but, you know, yeah. you talk mad spicy. Sometimes. So tell me this. What is the most disrespectful but accurate take you've had on a professional athlete? That is a good question. Um, Too many to think through in this short period. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've said... So this one was... 
not on the radio, but I still stand by this. So the Rays, my favorite team of choice, Tampa Bay Rays, um, have made a lot of bad trades over time. And one of the good trades they made was acquiring Will Myers at the time he was a super prospect. And they then thus traded him away for a player named Steven Souza Jr. Hmm. And I've said some terrible things about Steven Souza Jr. And everyone disagreed with me because, you know, he had a bright future or whatever. Steven Souza Jr. was horrible at the sport. Uh, he does not play anymore, and he's still in his prime. Uh, just was not good. So I've said some things that were a little worse than that on Steven Souza Jr. to my friend group, and they understand how I feel about him. So uh, I'll just leave it at that. But that was probably the most spicy thing I said. By the way, real quick, on Kyrie, uh-huh. if he doesn't hit that shot against Golden State for Cleveland, mm-hmm. is he anything? I mean, he's a couple of time all-star, you know, like he's... Right. I mean, he's a couple. I mean, he's what he's a couple kinda, time all-star at best. He's kind of who he is right now, except not NBA champion. You is know? he is he still a forty million dollar player if he doesn't yeah, hit that shot? Uh, the way that, that NBA money is, that is fair, kind of like MLB money. It's not MLB money, but it's kind of like, like MLB money. So maybe I I just don't know if like if he doesn't hit that shot and the legend around him doesn't grow, like is he a guy that you go build a super team with? I guess I don't know, but all I can say is the more that Kyrie plays, the greater LeBron's legacy grows. I agree with that fully. What uh, else we got? Next up, uh, a bad breakup coming. Question mark or criminal customer service? A bad breakup coming or criminal customer service? Uh, they both sound good, but I will go with criminal customer service. Criminal customer service is a non-sport headline. It comes from the world of TikTok. Actual headline. Of course it does. Customer says Amazon worker entered her home without permission oh, to nice. deliver package while she was sleeping. Like I said, from the world of TikTok. A TikToker claims an Amazon worker came inside her house, delivered a package. She was asleep. Now, she created a video. It starts with saying, I'm sleeping peacefully in my new apartment. My doors are locked right before bed. Then the video cuts to a photo of an Amazon package on the ground by her staircase. And then she says, proof of delivery pick from inside my house. Now, the lady, she thanked Amazon, but she also said, please let me know how you got in here. Please. Some TikTokers responded with their own encounters like Amazon once did this to me, too, at my old townhome. What? I could hear him walking around downstairs and he ran when he realized I was home. Another person said, this happened to me. The Amazon man came into my house and freaked out when he realized I was home. What? I know, right? But I think the TikToker named Hot Milf Hotel asked the question we all want to know, Casey. What? How do so many people have stories of delivery drivers just coming into their house? What? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Why? Can we say that? As long as you don't say the whole uh, acronym, you don't spell it out. That is fair. Continue on. So, Casey, we know that Blue... It's not about that protecting life. No knock on her. She's making a business decision. That is true. That's my dog, yeah. So please tell me in the audience what kind of protection you keep on you so you can rain down <laughs> fire if anyone, including Amazon, decides to break into your home when you and your wife are sleeping. What you got, a Glock, FNN, Beretta? What you got? Well, first of all, if I had one of those things, I probably wouldn't say it on the air. It just feels like a not smart thing to do. But I, I want to go back to that for a second. Like, they're just walking in or they're breaking in? Apparently, the, the lady like the, said her doors were locked. So she is so breaking asking in entering, Amazon, man. how did they get in? I don't know anybody that wants to do their job that well. 
Include people I know who are doing amazing things in this company. I don't know anybody who wants to do their job that well. Yeah, absolutely not. That's way, you're doing way too much. Jeff Bezos just needs to have a talk with these people. But <laughs> I'm too busy going to space, man. Yeah, too busy. Um, I can't I, hear you over my yacht. I will say this. I am not super protected. Like, Don't, in, don't say that either, man. No, nah, here's the thing. I'm, I'm daring you to find out. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? So, like, you can either take the words I'm saying, like, hey, you know, I don't really have that, you know, anything ready. Or you can... You can find that. Like, I'll just leave it at that, I guess. I would advise not robbing my house, but go ahead and find out. Hey, man, nah, I'm good, fam. I mean, not that I'm a robber anyway, but I'm, I'm talking for everybody who is. I'm just trying to they help. good. I'm just trying to help people. Yeah. <laughs> okay, real quick, the last two, Casey Kurtz. Yeah. Uh, the EF Hutton of the Miami Heat. Oh, my. Or Nighttime Paper Chaser. Yeah, this EF Hutton thing, man, this building. Give it's me the EF Hutton thing. The EF Hutton of the Miami Heat. It has them. No, it should be, right? That's actually a good guess. Actual headline, P.J. Tucker went to Eric Spolstra with an idea before game four, and his coach listened. Really quickly, I won't read the whole synopsis. Game three of the Heat Hawks series, P.J. Tucker, a part of the offense, but he was over in the corner. Pretty good three-point shooter, but Trey Young was put on him to kind of rest him in the third quarter, had an amazing fourth quarter. P.J. Tucker took the idea to uh, Coach Spo that, listen, we can't do that. They disrespect me by putting on a small little point guard on me. I need to punish him so that he doesn't have all this energy in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Game four, they use that tactic. Uh, you know, Tucker gets him on the block, works him, uh, telling him he's too small, and the Heat go ahead and win. Yeah. So my question to you, Casey Kurtz, the last time or the best time that you came to a boss with a suggestion, they listened, implemented, and it worked out greatly. Man, I got a good answer for that one. Okay. It was right here at this company. I said, hey, uh, boss man Aaron, I said, this is a great idea. I said, me and Brian Middleton, we got something working here. Action Sports Jacks Overtime. Let us slide on the radio. And he said, absolutely not. And then I said, but can't do it. Can't, that's what he said. He said, can't do it. I said, please, do though. I think we got some here. And then he hit me with can't do it again. And then persistency is key, folks. Never give up on what you believe is good because then eventually they let you go on twice a day for 30 minutes. And then twice a day for an hour. And now we bring you Action Sports Jacks Overtime every single day. Did it work out greatly? I don't know. That'll be yours to judge, the listeners, the people that listen to the program that we appreciate. But in my money, it was a good idea, and I think it worked out well for the company. So that was a great question, Brian Middleton. Well done. That's all we got, man. All right. That's all we got. But we ended with a bang. That is vague headlines for the week. We bring those back next week after the NFL draft. And I'm sure there'll be some NFL draft talk in vague headlines after the draft is complete. Ticket price update on the other side. We have tickets cheaper. You won't believe. So low. Just so low. That's where I'm going to leave it. And we look ahead to tickets for $20 in a different NBA matchup coming up later in the week. We'll tell you about those and we'll tell you about the games tonight on the other side. Action Sports Jacks Overtime ESPN 690. Yeah. Yeah. Now we had the club going up on a Tuesday. Got your girl Party Next Door, where are you at, bro? We need more songs like Tuesday, Party Next Door. Canada's Finest, besides like Drake and uh, Justin Bieber. But definitely a solid at least third. On a Tuesday, Action Sports Jacks Overtime, ESPN 690. couple minutes to go. We got to update on the ticket prices in just a second. But I was in the control room. Now, granted, these two rooms are connected together, um, so it's... You know, I didn't go very far. Don't get me wrong. Uh, But breaking news on the ESPN screen that we will give to you, and that is 
uh, Mark Emmert will step down as the NCAA president by June 30th, 2023. So more than a year away, Mark Emmert will no longer be the NCAA president. Um, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if that really qualifies for the bottom line breaking news banner because it's over a year away. But, hey, you know what? Breaking news is breaking news, and uh, we give it to you here on OT. So Mark Emmert will step down uh, by June 30th, 2023 in the NCAA. One more note about the NCAA. A lot of sad stuff going on uh, out of especially the softball world. And we, we won't spend too much time on it, but at the end of the day, what it boils down to is uh, if you're feeling not 100% all the time, that's all right. And it's definitely okay to talk to people if you need to do that. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, there's no shame in that. Absolutely not. And it's okay to not be okay. So I just thought it was worth saying if anybody out there uh, needed to hear it because it feels like every day more sad stuff is coming out, especially with student-athletes. So. Wanted to work that in before we get to the ticket prices for the night. Brian Middleton, you're a Heat fan, right? Yep. So I'm looking, right? Here we oh, go. Oh, huh. Brian Middleton, the prices are dropping. How quick can we get to Miami? What you mean? For just $25. Yeah, but that's like in the parking lot, man. You can't just get up into a yeah, Airlines Arena man, me, for no $25. Hey, that's like parking lot. Like, you can tell. First the- off, it's FTX Arena. In Miami. Okay. It's one of those are 601 Biscay Bay Boulevard. No, it used to be. $25. We can sit in section 416, the balcony level. Row 12. What a deal. Look, even if we wanted to... Look at this. We can be in the 300 level for $29. Dude, we could be there. How quick can we get there? 29 bucks. If you can get a flight, you can get there. That's fair. Up and down, 45 minutes, gate to gate. That is true. So anyway, super cheap in terms of that. Let's turn our attention to the prices that have gone up. Okay. We got the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Grizzlies. On the little NBA screen that is not updated, it said $27. I thought that was going to be the cheapest of the night. But no, sir. But no, ma'am. $55 now to go to Memphis and Minnesota. $55. Is it worth it? Can't do it. I agree with you. Can't do it. Uh, This one, not surprising, but maybe a little. Phoenix and New Orleans will take the cake tonight. Cheapest ticket in the building, $105. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to lie to you, though. These seats are pretty good. You get nachos and popcorn with that? What's going on, man? What's going on? Listen, I'll tell you what. Those are actually nice seats. Their arena is smaller than these others. Like, it just... The view from your seat looks pretty good there. This Miami seat, I'm not going to lie to you, we wouldn't know if Udonis Haslam was out there or not. We wouldn't be able to tell, except if the other people cheered. You know what I'm saying? But uh, So that's the ticket price update. Real cheap to go to the game in Miami. Memphis, prices are increasing. You might want to get those real quick. And then in Phoenix, it's going to cost you a little bit. Definitely no refillable soda cup in Phoenix if that's what you're looking into. So that's going to do it for us on a... Wednesday or Tuesday, that's better. Action Sports Jacks Overtime. We're back tomorrow on Wednesday, leading you into Jumbo Shrimp Baseball. Have a great night. We'll talk to you then. I want to eat a spicy chicken in my Tesla. Is it too much to ask?